uh, I'm going to ask that those of you who are able to, to stand as we read, read the scripture, and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 21. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13, says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, am, that I the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and it will give you, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should, should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chiefs and priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for, for the impact and the direction that it's had in our lives. We just uh, we thank you for, for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your church. And we just pray that uh, you would work in us and through us so that we could grow your church, Lord. Pray that we would seek your will through this, that we would seek your guidance, and that we would rely on your strength and not on our own. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I forgot this, uh, that this would be the first Sunday and we'd be doing the offering for our building fund. So uh, I guess it's, it's a, fitting, uh, a fitting combination. Uh, sometimes we get so caught up in some of the more difficult parts of passage that we'll skip right over the simplest of things and we miss what's right in front of us. In the middle of verse 18 today, we read that Jesus said, I will build my church. This is his plan. This is Christ's plan for building the church. The first thing to notice in the plan is the, pl is the timing of the plan. It's in the future. It's yet to come. Future planning is okay. It's a good thing. Some people say, oh, you've got to step out on faith. Have faith. Trust God. But the fact is, planning is not incompatible with faith. After all, Jesus planned, and doesn't he have faith? Planning is simply good stewardship. I have faith that God will direct me as I speak, so should I just decide what I'm going to say when I get up here? I mean, it's hard enough when I write it down, I have it right in front of me, and I still forget what it is that I have prepared. 
Uh, imagine what it would be like if I just got up here and, and started speaking, and it wouldn't be good, I'll tell you that much. Um, when did Jesus plan to build his church? Well, it was after he was gone, after his resurrection. He wasn't talking about going out and getting brick and mortar and building a building. He was talking about building his church, building the body of believers. That's us. It's not the building. It's not the, this shell that we're in. The church is the body of believers. It can be in a Walmart. It can be in an old town hall. It could be in an old Knights of Columbus hall. It could be in a nice, fresh, new building. It could be down at the park. It could be in your house. And I pray that it's in each and every one of you. The second thing to notice is the planner of the plan. He invented the church. Christ invented the word church. He invented everything that there is. It is not, I will build my monument. He didn't say, I'll build my monument or my building. It's not in the building. And this is important for us to remember as we plan on building a new church building. We can't get too focused on the building. We have to remain focused on the church, not the church building. If we get too caught up in the structure and allow the church to fall to the wayside, there's no point in building the structure. So we must remain focused on the task at hand. Remain focused on the fact that we are here to build his church, which means we are to be reaching out to the lost around us in our day-to-day -day lives. The church is his plan and his way of reaching people. What good is a nice new building if countless people around us are continuing to die and go to hell every day? That should frighten us. That should challenge us. I pray that we're not building a building so it'll be more convenient or it'll look nicer or that'll be because we don't like the color of the walls or the carpet and stuff in here. There have been churches that have split over such petty things. It is his plan and we are to follow it. We're not to improve upon it. The church is his plan. We are to notice the person of the plan. It's not you will build my church. Jesus didn't tell the disciples, you will build my church. Within a hundred years of his death, the church that Jesus said that he would build had spread across the known world. It had already become so large that it was considered a threat to the Roman Empire. This is the largest, most powerful empire in the world. And Christianity was considered a threat. And by 300 years, the church, you could say, had beaten the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire had fallen, and Christianity is still here today. All in an age without any meth method of spreading information as we know it today. I mean, we're bombarded with information today. We have phone calls. We have cell phones, internet, iPhones, smartphones. We have Xerox machines, printing presses, faxes, Facebook, Twitter, 
FaceTime, Skype. They didn't have any of these things. It was simply word of mouth, maybe some scrolls. How then? Was it by the skills and the abilities of the disciples? You had fishermen, shepherds, farmers, an ex-tax collector. None of them had much public speaking experience or, or a lot of writing experience. Some of them probably couldn't even write. None of them had a ton of money. Some had more than others, but by royalty standards, none of them had that much money. But Jesus did not count on the disciples to build his church. They were involved in the process, but it was Christ who would build the church. A lesson for modern-day disciples. It is not you that will build his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And it's not, I will build your church. Two mistakes that we make when we're looking to the future and trying to grow churches, and that's believing that it's you will build my church, that we think that it's up to, that we are the power and the motivating force behind it. Because when we rely on our own strengths, on our own powers, when it's what I can do for the church and what I'm going to do in the church and look what I'm doing, it's destined to fail. But if you believe I, that Jesus said, I will build your church, think about that. If the, the church that the disciples would have wanted to build, what kind of church would that have been? Well, first off, it would have been all Jewish people. I know that doesn't include me. I don't think it includes most of those that are here today. Possibly none of us would be included in that. It would be the 12 of them sitting up on thrones of power. And we look at that and go, that's a silly idea. But we do it on a small scale to ourselves. I mean, we've all had certain things. I mean, I like a little chocolate fountain in the corner and stuff like that. Doc wants a, an archery set up, which is good. Uh, I'm all for that. But we, we can't get caught up in thinking that Jesus is going to build our church. He's going to build his church. No, Jesus did not say, you will build my church. And he did not say, I will build your church. He also did not say, I will try to build my church. He said, I will build my church. He's not boasting or bragging. He's not even prophesizing, or at least not like many of the other prophets did in the Bible. He knew what would happen. He knew that he would, or he knew what he would bring about. He will build his church. This verse should bring comfort to the hearts of every believer. Every time we're facing trouble, the church isn't growing like we, we thought it would. Um, if an outreach just didn't reach as many people as we thought it might, not as many kids come to VBS, whatever the situation may be, we can find comfort in knowing that Jesus said he will build his church. And don't sweat the little stuff. If the gates of hell will not prevent his church from growing, then neither will bad preaching, will a mistake in the bulletin, 
or there not being enough workers, a bad business meeting, the wrong hemnals, not having an, a praise band, not having a pianist, a visitor that didn't come back that, that week, the wrong color carpeting in the sanctuary, the wrong color on the walls. All these little things that so many times we get caught up in. These things are unimportant. In the, they're not important to the life and health of a church. But they're the things that we can so easily get so caught up in. We worry about the color of the walls when we have a lost, dying community around us. The person of importance around here is the person with the plan. That person is Jesus. The sharing of the plan is the next thing to know. Why did he share his plan? Why did he tell the disciples his plan regarding his death and his resurrection? It was because they needed to know. They needed to know his plan. Jesus made perfect decisions in this regard, which is something I know I can't say, and I'm sure most of you couldn't say either. I always find myself saying something, rambling on, which I may even be doing now, going on and on about something that you don't need to know about or you don't want to know about. Or in other cases, I find myself forgetting to say something that I needed to tell somebody that they needed to know. Jesus didn't have this problem. He told his disciples what they needed to know when they needed to know it. And he's told us what we need to know. He shared the plan because of his love for them. This is agape love. This is the love that desires the best for the beloved. He wanted us to find comfort in knowing that he would build his church. And he shared the plan because they were a part of it. The disciples, as well as us, were part of his plan. That's all he meant when he said, on this rock, I will build my church. In the same way, I might set out to build a barn built of concrete and wood. It's not that Peter would be the builder or the founder of the church. When we look at a beautiful building, beautiful new construction, we don't look at it and go, oh, what a nice structure composed of plywood, two-by-fours, nails, screws, drywall, vinyl, roofing material. No, we look at it and go, man, that's a beautiful house. Well, that builder really knew what he was doing. I mean, they must have had skilled carpenters putting that together. And it's the same way in the church. The credit does not belong to the materials. We are blessed to be a part of it. We are blessed to be in the structure of the church. But the credit doesn't go to us. We're not the designer or the creator of it. We're just blessed to be a part of it. And we must never lose sight of that. We must never lose sight of who gets the glory when we build the church. Because it's not us that's building the church. It's Christ in us who builds the church. Events were about to unfold in the lives of Peter and the other disciples, such as they could not imagine. And Jesus wanted them to know what was happening and that they were being used to build his church. Peter, Andrew, John, Matthew, and the other disciples, 
They were all going to be used. They were going to be used by Jesus to build his church. And they were all part of his plan. And so are we. John 10, 16 says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And they will be one flock under one shepherd. It's not about building Ross Common Baptist Church. It's about building Christ's church. It's about building the church. This morning... What we're, what we're doing about, what are we doing about God's plan to build his church? Do we have faith that he will build his church? Or do we still think that we are supposed to do it? Are we excited about Jesus building his church? Or do we still want him to build our church? God has a plan for each and every person here this morning. And it's not by accident. It's not by chance. His plan begins the same way for each and every one of us. We must be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So this morning, have you believed in him? I'm going to ask uh, Miss Janice to come up and, and play an invitation hymn. And Judy. Sorry. Um, have you believed in him? If so, have you taken the next step? Have you followed the Lord in baptism? Is he speaking to your heart now? Do you belong to him? Because if you don't, you can. It is an open invite. It's not about any magic words or any magic poem that you can say. You simply have to hand yourself over to him. Allow him to take control. Allow him to use you in the building blocks of his church. Because it doesn't matter where you're at right now. If you wait until you're good enough to become a Christian, it will never happen. If you wait until you turn your life around, it's never going to happen. You need Christ in you to turn your life around. You need Christ in you to make yourself a new creation. You can't wait for that to happen and then, and then accept him. So the invitation's open.